0: and let's get trusted. Somewhat
1: Happy Hour with Josh Vest. Well, hey, everyone. I got my Crocs and I got my drink, and it's another episode of the Somewhat Happy Hour with me, Josh Vest. And today, my guest is someone who, who gave me a shot uh, when I started college at George Mason University, someone that uh, is brilliant when it comes to the world of directing, and just one hell of a person. Today, I have kayla schultz hi kayla
0: hi thank you for that you? intro that was lovely yeah
1: yeah how how's yeah. Ev- how's everything going
0: it's pretty nice for me right now it's been on and off rainy in baltimore which honestly ha- creates that cool breeze and
1: yeah yeah I'm- it is exciting seeing the world reopening uh our yes. love for the theater it looks like they're really starting to uh to push an opening sooner than later. Uh, I know summer theater is, um, some, some people are being brave and trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't seen any indoor theater, uh, announced that they're going to do anything, but I've seen like all the outdoor Shakespeare festivals and all those have announced that they're going to come back, which makes sense.
0: Uh, I think indoor things are probably gearing towards like maybe September or October,
1: Okay. Is it still
0: limited capacity or maybe you like, I don't know, I need to bring your vaccine card everywhere you go. I have no idea.
1: Uh, You know, I was in a staff meeting. Again, here we go talking about COVID. Uh, I was in a staff meeting the other day with my fellow uh, uh, colleagues and we were talking about being vaccinated and going places. Uh, And one of them said he he took a picture of his card. That way he can show it and doesn't have to carry it around. And I thought that was kind of smart. but also uh, Because, I mean, I don't carry mine. No, uh, but I still either. wear a mask everywhere I go uh since you know I'm a te- working in the school I'm required to still wear one so mm-hmm. it, you know and then when I go to the store I still wear one just because you know I like wearing a mask so
0: yeah
1: makes me feel invisible um I uh, love that I, I like love that social anxiety that. No, I like putting a hat on and my mask and I just think like, oh no one knows who I am even though I live in a smallish town yeah I see the same people everywhere. Yeah. um let's
0: normalize disguises for yeah, everyday people absolutely
1: i i think that's a big thing from being an actor too i don't want to uh i'm not of v- i'm not i'm an introvert so like even talking to people after shows uh is extremely difficult for me because uh, i'd rather just go home to hazel or or go eat something usually it's eating food yeah um, but but speaking of of acting and theater let, let's let's talk about theater uh, okay great Great, <laughs> Um what made you fall in love with it?
0: It started when I was pretty young. I did my first play that was a summer theater program for kids, essentially. And I was a little bird in hansel and Gretel.
1: I didn't know there were like, birds. Oh, the right. ones
0: who peck the breadcrumbs.
1: Oh, oh, oh yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was one of those and they put these red um little lipstick circles on our cheeks as you know, our little costume makeup and i was like it's itchy this is horrible please no and i like scratched it and rubbed it all in so like all the birds had little red circle cheeks and i just had it like a red smeared face and i guess it was from that moment josh but actually okay the like real moment in which i was so aghast that i knew i had to do this was when i saw The Lion King on the West End when I was maybe 10.
1: I've never seen The Lion King on stage, but I hear it's absolute... It's that real Disney magic you want to feel. It's
0: breathtaking.
1: It's like magic
0: happening in front of you.
1: Yeah, I've heard it's very true to that. Oh, it's a Disney musical, and you're going to leave being like, wow, that was a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever want to play anyone in The Lion King?
0: I mean, totally. Part of the reason that I knew I wanted to do that was because i was so jealous of those kids who were actually in the show
1: oh you wanted to be one of the kids see mm-hmm. i had another role in mind i was thinking maybe like either timon pumbaa or well, i um, mean if
0: i was gonna audition for that show today i would obviously be timon
1: oh for sure yeah yeah obviously I mean, well, I right. think you'd be a great uh pumbaa as well just that. That's, um
0: that's rachel we've already decided
1: oh wow yeah yeah uh yeah we can do that or you could be zazu True. The, the, uh, yeah, which is a funny role. True. Um, uh, I love that. I, yeah, I've never seen it. I've always wanted to see it, but I, I'm i just waiting for it to tour again, and then I'll I'll go see it oh, at the Kennedy yeah. Center or something. Eventually.
0: I mean, it always is, at least
1: somewhere. Oh, it, it'll be back. Like, you know, I'll drive to the Hippodrome Theater or whatever out in Baltimore or, you know, right. uh, whatever all those other theaters are in Richmond. It'll be back. So you are a director. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what made you want to transition from acting into directing were you and i i only got to work with you once as an actor Mm -hmm. uh did you act a lot uh high school early college yes okay all all the time did you what made you think oh i want to be a director and not
0: it was not until i started directing just kind of coincidentally
1: Okay, And then well, I
0: realized, This I mean, is it. starting with Makanal, I was like, I really want this school to do the show, but I think it's only going to happen if I direct it. And now I just have all these ideas. So guess I'm going to do it.
1: I love it. And, and, and then I gonna... had
0: the best time. I was like, okay, I, never going back.
1: I, I don't want to. Uh, not uh, never
0: going back. I should not say that.
1: Would, would you I go would back? Absolutely
0: act. Totally.
1: With the right role. I mean, that's where I am now as an yeah. actor. Yes, uh, I'm very picky now. I've done so many good things that I'm just gonna, yes. I'm very, if it if it makes me go, "Oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that, yeah,
0: and I've decided uh, um, to um live my dream of being tattooed. I'm deciding to direct instead and like rarely act,
1: sure, I love that.
0: I'll always like love performing right,
1: right, And directing is an aspect of performing in a way
0: you get um, to play every part that's how I feel,
1: <laughs> yeah, which could be a great thing or it can be, yeah, a very difficult thing. Um, I like
0: getting to kind of have a hand in every pot.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, as an educator, I've taken a lot of uh, stuff that you, your technique in, uh, in rehearsals and yeah. warm-ups especially into my, into my world. Uh, I've never worked with a director as much as I've worked with you. I worked with you twice. So, so you Absolutely. left a huge impact. Uh, on my.
0: Hopefully we will again.
1: I hope so. Hopefully. Uh, I'm available. Uh anyway, I need um, to like
0: really write down all these warm-ups I've been doing.
1: there I I wish I had
0: because they always come from my own imagination and really? I like forget some of the stuff that I did.
1: So if you've ever I noticed know-
0: any of my warm-ups like in a written lesson plan, if you've like written down what you're going to do, I would like just, to see uh, or know like how you just
1: Oh, them. yeah. Sure, sure. Um definitely. A lot of them will just be I'll write it down and be like uh you know character walk warm-up but in parentheses it's so like Kayla so like how you would do that with Aww. you know walking on the other side of this character that character and that's something I also want to talk about later too but okay. before we get into a lot of that I want to ask so I know you have fa- your family's in Vegas yeah um have you ever won would you ever direct a show in Vegas like one of those Vegas style shows
0: would I ever I mean totally
1: like there's like I would love character. how to
0: figure out how to be on the like creative side of Cirque du Soleil.
1: I That's think my I to speak
0: French. Time. I think that might actually be the first step.
1: <laughs> I'm it sure that the, there's, American, there's American there's Yeah, I mean I it, I love Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. I think it's great and it's such a unique way of storytelling because it is a story, um yeah. just done through uh, acrobats and clowns, but. uh. I, I that was my next question: Is would you ever go in to that world, of Cirque du Soleil, uh, and direct one of their shows? But I think you're right; you do have to be able to speak uh, French. Yeah, just like everyone in their cast is French or somewhere like totally in Canada. Would. Or um, if I could
0: like spend the summer being like backstage or something. Like what? Sure, that'd be so yeah. cool. Uh,
1: d- That's I, a lot I mean, of stuff
0: I could definitely see myself doing.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, I've never been to Vegas. It's really a lot of hot. You
0: would not like
1: it. See, that, yeah, exactly. See, that's I know that's, you. see, that's you're, so you're a good friend, you go and, and you know that I, I hate the heat. I despise the heat, uh, and so that's one of the reasons why I kind of refuse to go is because it's so damn hot.
0: Yeah, you just have to uh, go in the winter time.
1: Is it not as bad? Because let's say is
0: if it... you decide to go there for like New Year's mm-hmm. during the day, if you're like sitting in a sunny spot, it might be. 65 degrees and at night when you're walking around it'll drop and you might want to wear a hoodie i like yeah, that but if you're trying to go summer, to it's like 105 every day
1: oh absolutely not no i would never yeah I it's real so with all this let's let's go into the world of of mock and all
0: okay great uh,
1: just for uh you know play. all my thousands of listeners out there this is where we met i remember wow. uh seeing you in in the audition room uh and i didn't know who was directing uh, or I did, I think I went to convocation or something. And so I, but I spotted you right away. You also like right in the middle or something like, that. or not Ooh. in the middle, but around. So I spot, you know, I saw you, and um, I remember doing the monologue and then not thinking I was like, oh no, this. I I had read the play the night before and I didn't think anything of it. I I knew if I was to play any part, if I could pick one, it would be George H. Jones, um, the man himself, uh. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not the lover. I'm not the lover type. Um, that's not my my style. Nor uh-huh. is it something I. I don't think I would do well in that. When it yeah. comes to certain plays, um, but I remember the callback. Like cr- I remember sitting, uh, or first doing your warm up, where we all had to be in sync together, uh, and then being doing the scene. But what I love about your callbacks is you don't do multiple scenes with multiple characters. You do one scene. I want to ask why you do that. And usually it's not, uh, I remember doing the bar scene, uh, some of the bar scene with uh, just during the callback. Was there a reason why you picked that scene?
0: I picked that one because there were a lot of neutral interactions. Is it in it?
1: Uh Yeah.
0: Like how all of the side characters that you would suddenly hear little blips of their conversations just to world build a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're almost a and B scenes.
1: Yeah. That's but yeah. they're
0: also from, obviously they're from the show and it kind of gives me a sense of, <laughs> are you going to fit into like the style?
1: And it had such a unique style, uh, but it was, a, I loved it. Um, before we get really into the show, what what made you want to direct All*? Because I know it's something we study in class uh, mm-hmm. in, in our uh, was it? Not Greek theater. Um, whatever the other class is called, the second part of that class.
0: Romanticism
1: we, Present. There it is. Yeah, um, a sec too. Yeah, so I remember reading it, but I read it after I, I had done the show. So uh-huh. ha, ha, did you know of the show before you ever read it in college or – No.
0: Doing it in I'm- Kristen's class – Romanticism in the Present, was the first time I had ever read it. And I, in her class, you know how we read chunks aloud yep. from the play as we, like, talk about it? I did one of the young woman, like, monologues at the end, mm-hmm. where it's, like, so fast and, like, really weird, like, breath control. And I was like, whoa, that was so cool. My first instinct was, like, I want I to play this. And then as I got more into it, I just started having a lot of ideas, and then Rick's directing class—you have uh-huh. to pick a play that you're going to direct—and I was like, "Well, this one for sure." And then so- I started getting all these ideas, and I, it like just kind of snowballed from there. And was like, "Well, I this is a great idea, and I want us to do it. And can we please, for God's sake, do shows with girls in it? can by a woman. Mm-hmm. I wrote about that in my like proposal. I was like, um." So the past like three seasons have had two female playwrights. It's like not cute. (laughs) No, no. I was like, that is part of the reason that you should pick this.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad that. It's a game
0: changing play that we talk about in class written by a woman. And we never talk about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and in the world of theater, like outside of George Mason University, it plays such a big part in theater history. Yeah. I mean, it was the first time something like that was ever put on stage not long after the actual event it was based on it was like what like two years or something like that
0: yeah
1: when it premiered it was like really soon and everyone was like wow i remember that and so but yeah i i I loved that show and i'm so glad that we got to do it
0: yeah i Um, would 100% do it again and again and again and again oh yeah
1: just uh, if you want to take it on tour you know we can do an international tour i'm I'm ready Uh, yes i i can do that i that if i could play any part for the rest of my life i think i would play him uh, George H. Jones. No
0: way, really?
1: Yeah, I think so. Out of all the wow. that, and the couple who I am, uh, but I, it's because it was okay. There are two reasons. One, it was such a juicy character, and also he has the perfect amount of stage time to where he's in it, and then I'm gone for a while, and then he's in it, gone in it one more time, then the play's over.
0: Yeah, you get uh, to like walk on stage, change the game, go sit yeah. down for I- twenty minutes, come change the game again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, I like I'm it. gonna go, you know, like that's cool. Uh,
0: and you were doing less of those transitions too, so you didn't have to. I, I didn't to go do in a, during the that.
1: Process. So that's something I wanted to talk about. I didn't do a single transition. I didn't know if that was on purpose, and I have that written oh, down. Oh, I mean,
0: it was definitely on purpose.
1: Um, because I remember I did stuff before we before uh before D run. I was moving stuff, and then once the night before, I remember you telling me, "No, that's you know, you you don't move anything." Uh, and what what was the reason for that? Why didn't I move anything? If you Well, could tell it's
0: because me. the characters who existed in the ensemble and would put multiple hats on to play different people were also... They were just able to be that background noise
1: uh-huh.
0: and the robotic figures in her life. And the mom character and the young man characters, they might have moved like one thing each. Yeah. Maybe as they came in and left their scenes. Mm-hmm. But they also, you know, they don't play more than one person, so they're not able to take on a neutral stance. Sure. You know?
1: Sure. But there's um, no way
0: Julia can't react when you're on stage, you know?
1: Right, right. That, that, that
0: was
1: before. Before we dive into talking about the characters and their relationships, mostly the husband and Ooh. the young woman the vision for the show one i loved i had never done anything in alley before had you ever done anything in in an alley formation no no Uh, so one i i now when i teach like uh styles of stages Mm -hmm. i always tell people alley no one has a good seat in an alley uh theater (laughs) because it's you know your back's always to someone which is fine but like you know but
0: is it Uh, nobody's got a good seat because everybody's got a good seat Everybody's got an equal seat. In a little bit, think
1: about it. That was good. No, I never thought of it that way. Now I have, and now I will <laughs> teach. Thank you for that. Uh, so next so next year, I'll uh, be teaching my kids that. Oh. Um, so tell me about the vision, your vision of this show, because it had a very unique mm-hmm. vision. It was unlike any like you know show that could take place in the late 1920s. Mm-hmm. That you would think, oh, this is going to feel like this, but it. And I've done tons of shows that have been in the late 20s and early yeah. 30s. But it did i that that feeling of that show has never never
0: that show is definitely written to have that staccato mechanical feel mm-hmm. and the way the young woman spirals throughout the play until like you know the machine like breaks she's stuck in it until it breaks and she's dead, yeah. And so I started thinking about it that way I was like, I want, you know, I had ideas of maybe people physically moving her. Like she was like a puppet the whole time. I'm like, never moved on her own. Ooh. I thought about that for a little bit, but then I realized <laughs> I wanted her to be the one stuck in the middle of it and the world's yeah. happening around her.
1: Uh, this is just a crazy question. Cause this is, I don't think I'll ever direct Makanal out uh, of school. Uh, but I use it in the classroom and usually it's because it's a big piece of theater history. Um but I've often thought if I would ever take on this show, I would want to put the entire show on a on a turntable. Ooh, uh, yes. Just to have that like constant it's just everything happens again and again and again and again. But we had that we had like it was it was like a turntable because we were in the alley and we only entered and exit through one way. Um, there was only a few times where someone would come enter through the exit. Uh, and yeah. and um,
0: and it was only for either like a quick second or because they were about to stand right there.
1: Yeah, it no. was never like, oh, I'm just going to, uh, I remember. I was going to die point- on
0: that hill. They kept telling me about how it was complicated to build things in a way to where we can function that. It's like sorry, it's I'm not um, budging. You ha it has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. And no, there can't be an exception. No, there sure. can't be an exception. It would ruin everything.
1: I and it worked and it was such a big part of that story. So uh as a side note, such a fun thing to be the first show I ever did at Mason. Mark, Zach, and I talk about that often. Wow. How that was such a great introduction to to that style of theater. That's so and-
0: nice. It was so All good there.
1: to have you guys there. I, you know, I remember during callbacks, I honestly thought Mark was going to play the father. Also, I, I love Mark. Mark, if you're listening, I love you. Um, didn't know how old Mark was. <laughs> and I thought, ah, there it is. He's that's 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 uh, I think I said the father, but I meant the husband. Wow. Uh, but uh, I thought it, it was going to be him. Uh, and when when I got the offer, I was very surprised. Uh. And I'm, I'm not going to be one of those actors. Why did you cast me? Because I don't, I don't want to hear that. Um, but, but I do want to talk about one thing that I did. I, I, when I was going to the callback or, or something, or no, it was the first read, I thought about doing it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. That's so cheesy. And it was dropping my voice to sound like a machine. And that was just in my head. And I talked in that one monotone voice. For the entire thing, was there? Did you like catch on that from the beginning, or was it something you like didn't realize until later, or did you never realize until are now? You,
0: are you talking about during auditions, or that? You no,
1: no, no. Just in general, I, I kind of moved on. I transitioned without telling I was transitioning. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. In, I mean, I in, definitely in could see that you were doing that. Yeah, but I mean, it was very kind of, obvious. I wanted, I mean, not everyone to speak emotionless, but the way that everything has a natural rhythm. When you're speaking, uh-huh. just to be like, and especially from you, if it sounds like eerie ticking, you know, it works.
1: Sure, yeah, I I love uh, any chance I get now. I I drop my voice down to, to that. Mm-hmm. I I then later realized that was like a character thing I do a lot, but then I try to get out of it uh, for certain roles because yeah. it just doesn't. It doesn't fit all the yeah. roles. I
0: mean, that that's your acting voice.
1: It is. It is. Uh it's, it's a pain because sometimes it just it does not fit at all. And I'll be like stop doing it. Like I and then I'll like pitch my voice up and then I'm like oh god no, I can't do that every night. Yeah.
0: Um
1: but I want to talk about uh this this character and the some of the troubles that that so when we started the play it was the same time as the uh, Kavanaugh cases. And so I was really reading it, looking at all this, all that, and I was like, "Ooh, that's weird! How like you know, it wasn't similar, but it had moments that made me think of the case and stuff." Uh, but also, I'd never in my life played a villain like that. I've played Disney villains, uh, I've played other goofy villains, but yeah. never to. And and I I've heard many people say there is no villain in That's fine. I I don't know how who I think is a villain. I think he's part of the. You know, he's definitely not a good person, um, in my eyes, but, uh, playing that kind of role was so challenging, uh, and, and not knowing anyone either as a first show playing that kind of person and making that my, the first thing anyone's going to see me in was something I was like, Ooh, uh, that's, that's hard. And, uh, I was afraid I was going to get typecast (laughs) and I, I did, uh, uh, but that's okay. I learned to love being the villain to the point where like now I haven't done a play in a while, but I know the next thing I want to do, I want to, you know, it's just so much fun playing the villain. Um, but with him, I made him, and you did such a great job with helping me find this is bringing the human out of him, mm-hmm. but still grounding him in that, Ooh, you're a gross person. Yeah. Um. So and my question to you is, before you cast the show or anything like that did you have a vision or a thought of what you wanted this man to be
0: not specifically okay and it often it's pretty much i decide things like that kind of okay. as i cast okay because i mean sure there's guidance from me and your own working on it as we go but the man you're going to be in the show That's like, it's already destined to be that way when you're like picked in the first place. Like that's Mm -hmm. the vibe he's going to have.
1: Sure. Uh, So if I picked
0: any other man to play that role, it obviously would not have been the same.
1: No, no.
0: So it just kind of narrows down from the individual
1: actor. One one hell of a role. I remember at one point, there was an incident where, where someone said something to me and it was very much like, oh, it was something about my, my, the character, but they addressed it to me and I didn't know that individual. Uh, and that, like, threw me and I, I remember going to rehearsal okay. and being like, ooh, I, I don't want to do this. Like, this is, this, if this is the reaction, I don't know how, I how I'll feel about this. It's, it's such a challenging thing to jump over. And I remember that night at rehearsal, we were doing the, uh, the honeymoon scene, which is a very, uh, I found to be a very intense yeah. scene between the, 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 young woman and the husband to the point where it was, it was very cringy. And, you know, I, I think it was, at least I thought it was supposed to be to that level where the audience is like, Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember doing that. And I, 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 I remember blanking and I was fidgeting and you, you, you called Julie and I over to where you were sitting and you said to me, uh, is there a reason why your fidget, your fingers are fidgeting? And I was like, no, I, um, I, uh, and I remember, uh, it's the only time I've ever done this. Marcus asked if I wanted to take a break. Uh, and I said, absolutely. And I remember darting out of that room just to get, catch my breath. um, and so being like, ooh, that was, you know, I, it, it was very difficult for me, but then the next night you helped me find the character again, and it was when you took Julia and I, and Felicia, one of our assistant stage managers, into another room to run the hospital scene, which was nothing but me telling my, my wife to just get over yourself, uh, and I remember you telling me, uh, do it without yelling, now do it with only yelling, and this and that, and that is what really helped me find uh, who I wanted George H. Jones to be like 100%. Um, oh,
0: that's great to hear.
1: Uh, So it took something that was like really uncomfortable for me to a point where I found him. And then from there, I found the humor in him, which I don't know if it was, you know, there were some things I found funny, but-
0: I mean, There has to be some.
1: Sure. And, you know, I mean- some of the stuff he would say was really like one of those like what kind of things. So that's, that's what I loved about him is he would just, you know, be like, Oh, I saw this. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, at all. If he's
0: supposed to be representing men as a whole. Yeah. They, there has to be some dumb moments in there. Like- <laughs> oh,
1: I mean the whole, that whole last scene was just full the phone scene. Just going, yep, yep, yep. Over and over again. Yeah, and that
0: just, one is hilarious.
1: Uh, I had so much fun doing that, but, but Machinaw holds a very, very special place in my heart. It's something I teach every year. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I remember a new teacher, but I plan to teach every year, Yeah, um, just because it's, it's important to me. And I think it's an important play that everyone needs to hear, uh, because it's not done by a, uh, you know, a typical playwright, uh, that, you know, we've read over and over again. That's just something that I want to share with my students as a huge part in theater history, but in history in general. Um, and also it's an amazing play. Wow. And Thank
0: you for sharing a good word. And
1: I, it's, it's raising if, you, future. if you ever want to do it again and you need, you need someone to play the husband, just give me a call. I'll stop teaching. I, I'll leave the classroom.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I, and, you know, I often think about this. I think, well, if I ever did it again, I'm older now. So, you know, I'd like to, I'm definitely not any more wise than I was when I did it, but there are different things. I read the script last December because I was getting ready to teach it and I caught so many more things about this character after reading. I was like, damn, that would have been good or damn, he's always, he's saying this, but I didn't do that and I don't know why I never caught on or or I just wasn't taking your direction. One of the two. Yeah.
0: Uh, like it would be better if you did it a second time and that's hard to even imagine.
1: Right. Uh, but if, if I ever did it a second time, uh, I want to fight harder for the for the mustache. I really wanted a mustache, and and Josh, uh, he he wanted me to grow this really really long beard. Uh, Dang. And and I was like, please let me have a mustache. He said, you can have a goatee. And I was like, no, I don't want a goatee. He's like, alright, beard. So I just kept my beard, um, which was more convenient for me, really, uh, <laughs> not having to do anything. Um, so all right, so let's move on to the second play uh you did at George Mason well you've done a few but your second uh studio show yeah 12th uh, night by uh willie shakes and i i loved and i'll be honest hated working on that show i hated it because i could not figure out this stupid character um from yeah. day one it,
0: no, it was uh, hard
1: and it was just because was i i re- i watched uh, an interview with uh Stephen fry who was playing it Uh, on Broadway. And he said, Oh yeah, Malvolio is one of those characters where they bring in an old, uh, an old, old, old actor that was, you know, well-known at one point, but, and then they put him in this bit role. Um, And then I read more about Malvolio and um, just, you know, how, how, what it's like to play him, do that and do this. And so I, from the beginning, from even before rehearsal started, I was like, Ooh, this is, one it's unlike any kind of villain I've played even though he's 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 a victim but he still has his moments where he's a bit much i so for a while i was really it was really hard to go to rehearsal and i remember i reached out to i think it was after the first read i was like i can't find the character and then later that night i thought well that was just the first read um let, <laughs> let's give it some time too. um but but it was more uh just just going through it And I I didn't think I could pull that one off because I couldn't figure it out. And I didn't figure it out for a very long time. Not as long as it took me to figure out uh, the husband, but this was just so different. And the language was its own thing. Uh, Yeah. um, But it being a comedy really helped. Um, But one thing I want to talk about, because whenever my brother is talking to me about this show, they always bring up the music. They say that was one of their favorite parts um That's of the nice. show hearing the music and the, how it was like it fit and i was like "Well, it was it's, it's supposed to fit uh and uh just just how i loved every time i hear uh sergeant uh sergeant pepper i i, I just reimagine that 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 opening sequence yeah me too
0: uh,
1: i'm always like and I it's on one of my playlists that i listen to all the time so it it pops in and i'll be like oh and then just re, re-running that over and over again um, but tell me about about the music. did you did you have a say in what songs I'm assuming you you picked the songs that were being played in the show?
0: Well, most of them were pulled by our sound designer, Chris and he, <laughs> all from you know the world that I like told him I was imagining. so they were like easy yeses to go to. but Sergeant Pepper was mine. That was an early idea I had was that I wanted the show to open and end with it, like their reprise at the end of that album. Is like Sgt. Pepper again, is that how it ended? No, but it was the first like house song to come up after. Oh, bows, okay, because I ended up using Bows as the song that's written to be the ending of the show. Uh huh, like, I can't go from that and then it's into other song. songs, that has to be it, it has to be the one final thing. But I didn't want to give up on that, so I had it playing in the house sure. at the end to kind
1: of full. Yeah, it. absolutely loved the music, and it was so hard not to sing backstage you know hearing those songs and then over and over again just it only got worse we we're like oh that's such a, that's a good song i love that song yeah but,
0: i owe am so much after that show
1: i uh, so much of,
0: like the music in it i was like i trust you but here are the words they're already there for you Sing beautiful uh, and then she always did
1: of course that was one of those shows where like Mackenall, i wasn't <laughs> it wasn't involved in a big like a big group scene uh my favorite scene in Mock and All is uh the it's both the bar scene and the uh courtroom scene. I loved watching those scenes, yeah um, and then in twelfth night, I loved watching them everyone get to sing and dance at the end, and me uh i I would laugh backstage but like you know bite my my bite my lip or something so I can come on frowning at the end and yelling yeah or, or right when they started to dance again uh and hearing that. Uh, but but you know with that role, I I never anticipated it to be the way the audience uh went to accept him. And there are points I remember someone sitting uh sitting in the front row uh during the letter scene, they went, Oh, he doesn't know it's a prank. And I was oh. like
0: oh.
1: <laughs> Or just getting the awes and stuff. That letter scene was one of the most i i've never had that much fun in a role and just it was it was so much fun and the actors i got to play off of were just gold uh and it it was
0: yeah that was one of my proudest moments in the show was that scene
1: i mean every night after we would finish the scene we would stand there and the audience would clap at the end of that scene um i don't know if they thought oh good it's it's intermission thank god or like you know no it's uh,
0: because it was really good
1: yeah like we would and the, because they evaded you
0: the whole time
1: mm-hmm. yeah you, and then there
0: had to have been moments where you were like wow I definitely just saw you but i'm gonna pretend i didn't oh
1: absolutely but don't
0: really I, think of it that way because they're like <laughs> like as if it was close right
1: right um so that the amount helps amount of times, i again love jacob the amount of times i would see him trying to lean and he would lean too far and i'd be like jacob jacob i can see you like you are in my full eyesight right now uh but you know i've only done see him um yeah but but i loved loved that scene and it was just (laughs) such a fun role that i did not think would turn out that way i remember when i was cast in a role i was like "Ooh, uh, okay i i didn't i wasn't expecting to be in the cast at all one the costumes helped with with that role and i remember at the read through when we got to the the scene where Mavolio comes on stage and yells at them, I asked for uh, a nightgown. I wanted a nightgown. I wanted to look like Scrooge. And when you said yes, and then I was pulled like two days later to try some on, I was like, "Wow i i I thought they were kidding. Uh, I <laughs> uh, thought th- this was gonna happen." But
0: uh, I will yes, and you when it goes <laughs> all the time.
1: The mutton chops were something I also wanted. Uh I I met uh, Gwenny and I was like, I wanna have mutton chops. She's like, Okay. And I was like, Oh, you're not gonna Okay, cool. And uh, I did it like a month before the show. Like it was like the second week of rehearsals. I decided to go to a barber shop and have them shave my beard into mutton chops. Nice. Uh, which was one of the most embarrassing things, but also one of the most rewarding things Because like, I could say, Oh yeah, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I have to do this for a play. Uh yeah,
0: that's a good reason.
1: And, you know, they're like, "Oh, where?" And I'd be like, "Oh, just outside of DC." I would, I would never tell anyone where, when I was here in Warrenton. Uh, and they'd be like, "Oh, wow!" Because I, w- sad story. Yes. When I got it done at the barbershop, they the barber was laughing at me, and he got the whole barbershop to laugh at me. And I was like, "Ha ha!" Okay, here's your twenty dollars. I'm leaving. Uh, but then, some one of the guys there goes, "What would you do that for?" Was it like a, a joke? I was like, "No, I'm an actor. Uh, I'm going to be in a Shakespeare play." Uh, and he goes, "Oh, where?" And I said, uh, "I think that time I did say DC." And he was like, oh, oh, very nice. I was like, yeah, you jerks. Um, well,
0: good for you. Snuggered so to him at the end.
1: Of course. Uh, I but I, miss. I I loved, loved working with you a second time. And that, you know, honestly, that's where I was going to stop. I wasn't going to do another show uh, because I was looking at that as like a bookend. Like it was the first director I worked with and then it would have been the last. Uh, but then I, on a whim, decided to go audition again uh, for another show. Uh, but. Twelfth Night means so much to me, just like Machinaw does, because of the experience um, and you guiding me through Malvolio and getting to, to just the, – the the amount you did to get me out of my comfort zone, I am forever grateful for. Because I wasn't – I remember in the beginning, I wasn't budging. I didn't want to. Uh, but you pushed me to a point where I, I had no choice but to crawl my way back into my comfort zone by the end yeah, of the play. I knew
0: you um, could do
1: it. I remember the bag scene being one, I for the longest time I couldn't remember my lines because I didn't have any, like, I we, it was blocked, but I didn't have, like, you know, ex, uh, uh, I'm one of those actors that memorizes through blocking, but you told us little things need to change to make it, you know more believable. Yeah. Uh and so I remember just being like, I don't know what the lines are. I don't know what the lines are. And I think one night during rehearsal, it was like the night before we had to be off book. And I was still in that terrible burlap sack that smelled oh. like mold and death.
0: You were strong for uh, that. I,
1: I kept my script in there, uh until like D run. Uh to whenever we had to be off book. Uh and without that like thank God I could move around in that thing and then the actual bag itself was—I—I I don't, you know—I—I I thought that was hilarious, being stuck inside this bag and being rolled on, uh, and it, it was I just it was hilarious well,
0: too. I'm glad you thought so. Um,
1: at first, I so I thought I was going to become claustrophobic throughout the entire thing, uh, but thank God I, I wasn't. That's great. Um, only thing that freaked me out every night is when they would tie the bag because that's how I had to get in instead of through the velcro they would tie me inside of the bag and that always freaked me out because you know some nights it was a little tighter than others um so i was like oh god oh god uh but by the end of it it was just like i i was drenched uh but that was that was probably my favorite scene in the whole show i also got to work with m and m is one of my favorite people and getting to goof around for like what was like a 10 minute scene but feeling like it could have it was like an hour because of the fun i was having in that moment i i absolutely loved it what was uh, it
0: like to see pictures of it after it was done
1: i was like god is that what my body looks like in that thing uh seeing i remember the first time i saw a picture and i was like oh what is that like looking like a mashed potato um and then I remember <laughs> the opening night, you made this post about 12th night, and you had gotten it was before we had tied the bag to close it. And in rehearsals, I was just crawling in it on stage. Uh, and you had taken this video. It's like a, a boomerang, I think is what they're uh-huh. called. I'm not up to hip with the cool kids. Uh, and it was just me like squirming like oh, that. Oh, yes, I remember. It was the first time I ever saw it was that day because I hadn't seen any of the pictures and I saw that and I thought oh my god is that what it is is this this what it looks like but then when I saw the full thing one of my favorite pictures I have it's because and I sat like this on purpose because I remember one day during notes you said I like it when you sit like that it's funny and it's how I normally sit when I'm on the ground and just with my legs like sprawled out and just looking like I look like Eeyore is what I've been told before. Just I'm just sitting there like, um, but I take that with pride. Eeyore is my favorite, so uh, I remember in my head I would think, okay, at some point during this bag scene I need to just plop down, and you know, and but that was I I it was such a great bit. Very happy it wasn't the burlap sack though. Uh, that would totally, I, I, um, totally. I would have like, no, no. Did you have any other ideas of what it was going to be before it was that bag? That I love that was yellow on the inside. I don't know if that was on purpose or if that just so happened to work out. No,
0: that was just what they had. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I I did. I originally wanted it to be a sleeping bag. And then I realized that would be worse. So I was like, okay, it's got to be bigger than a sleeping bag.
1: I remember when it was supposed to be a sleeping bag.
0: And so we went bigger. But I also thought maybe like a tent that you're like, it's like zipped, closed.
1: Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Uh,
0: it kind of I requires holes if you want it to maintain any kind of shape. But I was uh, like, these people would have had kind of duffel bag like things. To
1: oh yeah, absolutely. Um, this is definitely just Sir Toby's oh, that bag was... that just shoved me in.
0: Zippers would have been loud um, backstage too. A tent would have been so loud.
1: I I thought I remember for a while you were talking about like one of those children child tubes that you call can crawl through. I remember you saying that once, and I thought, oh yeah. I thought, uh, there's no way in hell I could get that thing on and off. Like, it would just... I would have to, like, poke holes in it, and it would just be my house. Uh, that
0: would be funny.
1: But I I learned so much playing that role. I learned how to play a, a comic villain who's also the victim. Yeah. It's,
0: like, you- a blend of...
1: Um, because he's, like, and, you know... I. I read this article once, and it was like ranking Shakespeare's villains, and Malvolio is one of the top five in this article I read. And I thought, well, that doesn't really fit. There are a lot more evil villains, but it was just because he was a he was a Puritan, and so that's why he was the evil person they thought he was. Yeah. Um, but I loved playing Malvolio. Recently, I was actually asked to be a part of a uh, a, a Zoom reading. It was just a reading of Twelfth Night, and they wanted me to play Malvolio. Well, I said no. no. I, said, I said no. It's it's too soon. Oh, uh, but uh, if someone asks again, I will say yeah, sure, I'll do it again. Um, okay. but no mutton chops this time. Uh, uh, can't can't do the chops again. Um, my students would also eat me alive.
0: Not for Zoom. Um,
1: no, no, no. I I'll I'll just comb my beard. So so we've talked a lot about you know. Tonight, I wanted to talk about the characters and what you did to help me grow as an actor. I want you to know, without you pushing me out of my comfort zone and casting me in these two super challenging roles, I – and that's cheesy as this is – I wouldn't be the actor who I am because you took me as someone who I played such a type before I came to college. You put me in a brand new type through, like, the biggest challenges in the world, uh, something I did not think I could do. and. I know if it was with another with another director it would not have been quite as impactful on my life and as an actor. Uh and I I I absolutely loved working with you when I found out you were doing Twelfth Night I was like, "Oh, I want to be in that, but then I thought, not know, Shakespeare, I'm not very good at that." Um and then you just you helped me so grow so much as an actor. Like looking back even to Machinaw, all how much I had changed going into Twelfth Night um just all really thanks to you because you are the only director all right which were one other director but you know there was such an impact and i can only hope and this is so cheesy but like i mean it 100 percent. i can have that same impact on my yeah. cast members one day but it was such um it meant so much to me uh doing another show with you because like I said, I was not, you know, I was like, oh, no, this isn't for me. Um, but when I was asked to, you know, when I got the offer, I was like, wow, the amount you pushed and the amount you you let me play was just so, so rewarding. And it, well, from the you. bottom of my heart, thank you. Towards the end of every show, I always ask uh, my guest an RQR, which is a random question round. Uh, and today's question, if you could own any prop from a movie, TV show, or the stage, what would it be? What prop would you like to say you own, like a famous prop? Or it doesn't have to be like extremely famous, it could just be a prop. Uh, For example, as I'm sure you know, and all of my pals know, I love a Christmas story. If I could own just the original lampshade from the leg lamp, I I could die happy, or anything from that movie, I would die happy. Uh, Is there a prop that you would love to own, just to say, "Oh yeah, I own that."
0: I would. Ooh, I'm gonna come up with one. Okay. It's insane because every like favorite thing that I reference is something like animated. And I'm like, ah. Oh.
1: <laughs> I want Maui. Uh, <laughs> I
0: would want. It would be something from Buffy the Vampire Slayer for sure.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, personally, I've yeah. never seen that. But,
0: maybe like a maybe one of her like steaks or something.
1: Okay, I like, like that. I'm, I'm sure they're out there. Uh,
0: You're right; they gotta be. And but there's, the problem with that choice is that there was definitely like at least 300.
1: <laughs> yeah, they could say it was used, but it wasn't touched by the actors. But it was on set. But like you know, well, yeah, when it comes to TV shows, I, there's every TV show I watch, I'd love like something. You know, I'm, right now I'm a really big fan of Gilmore Girls, and if I could just own you know, like one of the coffee cups from Luke's diner. Uh, That'd be very,
0: I'm sure you can get one of those too. That's you can order that online.
1: (laughs) I can get that one on Uh, (laughs) amazon.com. All I need is the logo. Um,
0: I decided, I decided, I decided my official answer. It's um, the original plant from the little shop movie. With
1: with Rick Moranis, that one or the other one?
0: one? Okay. No Rick wow. still- I want that plant.
1: Like the very first one where he's talking about where he got it. The like teeny tiny one?
0: No, the end. Oh, the I want- big I want the monster.
1: <laughs> Do you think that was like like they built that? Because I would assume back then it wouldn't have been all special effects. Like they would have had to make that.
0: Oh, it was just one giant puppet for sure.
1: God, can you imagine like walking just- into someone's living room and be like, what the hell is that? Oh, it's the plan from Little Shop. I I want it. It's the
0: most ultimate (laughs) beanbag.
1: I I want to do that show. I really want to play The Dentist or Mushnik one day. I love that movie. It's my favorite. But I want to do it, and I worked on it once, but I want to do it just so I could slide down the puppet. Uh, Yeah. Because I could be like, oh, cool. Uh, Such a good show. Such a good show yeah it's um, pretty
0: genius
1: but that would oh that is such a good answer that,
0: yeah, thank you while i was still on this call with you we need to get back on <laughs> right now uh
1: that's wow i i'm amazed by that because that can you imagine like the the power you would have over any guest like they walk in and you know all your a lot of your friends are movie and theater people so yeah. they'd be like what the hell and you'd be like, oh, it's no big thing. It's just Audrey, too. That's the entire size of my living room, but yeah. it's what's up. Uh, you know, put like, like, it just as its
0: own room. room. It's like, and this is the guest room, and it's just
1: Audrey, <laughs> too. We'll open look. it up. It's a bed. It's a bed. Uh oh my God. I should open it's up a little shop like Airbnb. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it. Well, Kayla, um, I, I have just a sip left in my glass, and I want to hold it up for a cheers to you. Thank um, you. I want to say thank you for, for challenging me, pushing me, and making me the actor that I am and uh, helping me find the director inside as well. Um, just know that your techniques are used uh, when I'm directing uh, in my classroom. Mock and all will always hold such a special, special place in my heart. Um, like I said, it's one show I would do over and over and over again, and I can't wait to do it again. Uh,
0: wow, cheers I, to
1: that. It, it's it's just because you know I'm saying it into the universe, so it's gonna happen. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll do all again, and I know well, that's it'll
0: happen too. You, me, and Julia uh, have been talking about it since like day
1: one. We're gonna make it happen. Give it like two more years. Give it a year. I don't care what we could do it next. Like we could do it on Christmas Eve. I don't care. Uh, it'll happen. The three of us want to do it. Uh, someone will will pay for it. That's fine. You know, we'll yep. find some company. Fun, fun theater collective uh, could do it. You all can do it, because uh, I think it's 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 now uh, public domain. Just a right. just a little. Uh, I think it's public domain now. It should be. Um, yeah. But anyway, Kayla, I, I it's, it's a pleasure. I love seeing yeah. you.
0: Thank you so much for uh, having me and talking yeah. to me. Thanks,
1: thanks for uh, joining me on the somewhat happy hour. And of course, it wasn't just a somewhat happy hour. It was a great happy hour.
0: This was a great so,
1: happy hour. I was just about to say. Oh, oh! I, t- I should have waited. waited to do it. Uh but thank you so much, Kayla. And thank you all so much for listening to this Bye. episode of the happy hour. For
0: tuning in everyone, listen to the episode before this one and the episode after this one as well.
1: <laughs> and listen to uh the <laughs> Fun Theater Co's uh podcast. Yep, uh, and they could Spotify,
0: also Fun Theater Co. And on Instagram, fun theater. It's theater with an R-E.
1: Ah, the good way. Uh yeah. so the, here you have it, folks. You you have to listen to it. You have to follow them it's it's going to be bigger than any theater company in in the dc metro area oh my God. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you all so much for listening thank you to my guest tayla for the laughs and the great time uh thanks everyone let's get dressed it's somewhat happy hour with josh Best.)